0: Studios. This, this is After 9 with Scott and Kat. Happy motherfucking Friday!
1: It's the long weekend. Welcome to After 9. First and foremost, I know you're going to be crazy disappointed because Dave usually joins us on a Friday, but for a second Friday in a row, he's delinquent. I'm disappointed. Apparently, he's got meetings. And as much as I tell him your meetings are bullshit, he continues <laughs> to hold them. And I don't know why you he say continues... say just like that
0: too, you bullshit. <laughs>
1: this is bullshit. Sometimes I forget he's also my boss, not just my best friend. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. In any case, Dave's not here, but I think he's going to be here next Friday, which will be great. Uh, lots to get to on this episode, so let's jump right into it. This was a controversial subject earlier today on our radio shows. A woman is begging for advice on how to tell her every detail is important here, guys. So pay attention her 30-year-old daughter, that her brother is actually her father.
0: (gasps) It's a soap opera.
1: She's staying anonymous as she writes, asking for advice to strangers on the internet. She says, here's the story. Her husband had two kids of his own from a previous marriage. She had none when the two of them got married. The couple wanted to have a child together. But her husband had undergone a vasectomy years prior, which could no longer be reversed. So they had to find another solution. She says, we didn't want to use a sperm bank. So we asked my husband's son to be the donor. We felt it was the best decision. Our child would have our husband, my husband's genes, and we knew my stepson's health, personality, and intelligence. He agreed to help. Our daughter is now 30. How do we tell her that her father is actually her grandfather and that her brother (laughs) is actually her father? How do we tell her that her sister is actually her aunt and that her nephew is actually her half-brother? My God, that stuff makes my head spin. I know, right? The woman concludes, my husband and I are anxious, confused, and worried about telling her. This is also hard on my husband because he wants our daughter to know that he will always and forever be her father.
0: Okay, okay. It's not really your father. First thoughts. Yes. First thoughts here for me. Why did it take this long? Now you're asking how, you, how you're supposed to bring this up? She's 30. I could have bought 18. Okay, she's adult now. Let's tell her. Even then, I think that people can handle it under the age of 18. 20, I would have been like, okay. 25, whoa, what the... 30. That's just ridiculous. Uh I think for me, if I was in that girl's shoes, whose dad was actually not her dad, but her brother was her dad, but her father's still her father. You know what I'm saying? If I was her, I think that would be the thing I would be upset with the most is that you waited 30 years into my life to tell me this. Why would you keep this from me for 30? And it's not even like nobody else knew. Everyone around you knew. And you're finding out 30 years after you were born?
1: Actually, the only people that know are mom, dad, and the biological father, which is actually her brother.
0: Right.
1: No, it definitely is her father, but it's actually her brother. It's her
0: biological dad, but her brother in the mind. That's correct. Yeah.
1: Okay. So number one, I think we should all agree. 30 years was too long. And I understand why the hesitation hey, this is a life-changing thing. This is gonna fuck up a lot of stuff, including maybe her head. So maybe we shouldn't say anything. (gasps) No, maybe we should. No, maybe we shouldn't. It's okay. It took you a long time to come to this conclusion. You need to own that. Apologize if she wants an apology, if she doesn't understand, and tell the truth. No BS. Gotta tell her sooner than later. And you gotta be honest about it all. That's my advice. Let's go back to an important detail in this story that I think Mm -hmm. may have been overlooked. We didn't want to use a sperm bank, so we asked my husband's son to be the donor. How did that work?
0: Well, it could have been, does it say, well, it doesn't say specifically, did they use any of the
1: means in terms of the ones that cost money? properly she she says they didn't want to use a sperm bank now whether that means they didn't want the technical process or they didn't want to select a stranger that's not clear but i'd like to know how that egg got fertilized
0: yeah i mean it could have been by doctors if that's the case right she might have said hey instead of sifting through this catalog which essentially it is by the way random biographies of people and histories medical histories i know this person and I like this person. It's weird, I know, for a lot of people to think about. Um, and then they went through that process. And she, if she doesn't specify, I'm going to assume that they did it in the proper way. Or if they didn't and they wanted to save the money, hopefully it was a turkey baster and she didn't fuck her stepson. Thank you. This is
1: what I'm worried about here. Hopefully, like is I said, it, hopefully she used a turkey baster. Hopefully you <laughs> used a turkey baster. So did what? Did they just pay the kid? to Did they pay the kid? Well, Hang I, on a second. Oh, they I don't pay? know if they paid the kid. I don't know if they paid the kid or not. I shouldn't say that. Okay. But either way, they went to the kid. And this is weird, right? Because I When you say
0: kid, can you clarify if he was an adult? At
1: that time, I'm pretty sure he was an adult. I would freaking hope so. Pretty sure. Now, it's a weird thing for your stepmom, not your mom, your stepmom, to come to you and say, I'd like you to impregnate me. That's weird. Doesn't happen to everybody. Not very often anyway. So, you've agreed. Okay, yeah. I see what you mean. Genetically... This is probably your best bet because I am the direct seed of him that you want this seed from. So this makes sense. There's no
0: incest happening here. It's confusing, but there's no actual incest happening.
1: No actual incest because it's stepmom and and the son. Just
0: in case anyone's unclear on that. But
1: how'd you do it? Because the way this reads here about you not wanting to use a sperm bank, I got to think this was done manually. An insertion of some sort. Again, like I'm... (laughs) uh, Hopefully they did the
0: right... means, But some people do this though. Some people do this when they want to get pregnant. They will get a donor. You got to make it as fresh as possible. So it's literally I'm in the next room. You got the baster (laughs) sitting in the bathroom looking at nudie mags (laughs) back in the day or looking at your phone. Fresh and hot's got to come for a delivery. Fresh and hot next room. So people have had parties this way, by the way. People do parties to celebrate conceiving a child. And this is how they do it. And they're donors in one room and they hope that this is the night. Thank God that, I've never
1: been invited to one okay, of those parties. Okay, I've never either, <laughs> but I've
0: seen and heard, of, I've, I've heard about it. And that's what it is. Like, and they've actually done like, hey, everybody come over. And then the person, how much pressure is that? Who's the donor? Does his thing, ships it quickly. And then someone, a best friend of some kind, no doubt, administers
1: into the woman, as quickly as possible. So this is a multi-handed effort all here. All <laughs> hands on fucking deck. So, I guess the way I, I find this fascinating, and don't even get me started on the DNA testing. We're going to get to that in a sec. So, in all likelihood, if they did not go through the traditional medical community and they decided we're going to do this ourselves, two options. He can either do her his stepmom. I'm
0: sure that didn't happen. I let's, don't think. Oh, that let's happened.
1: hope. Let's hope that let's didn't hope. happen. Or he goes into the other room with a, I'll use your term, nudie Mac. and, and <laughs> Like it's the 90s. And so. <laughs> cranks one out right. into a turkey baster. Somebody then takes the turkey baster and jams it up mom's hoo-ha and squeezes. And bam, we got ourselves a kid nine months later. Potentially, yeah, yeah. That does seem like the most likely way that this happened. It if could've. they didn't use the medical community. It could have. Did she never take like a DNA test, like a 23andMe this or an is, Ancestry is, or anything? This is
0: another reason why this is such a red, red flag for me. Because 30 years of life, you would think that the person would be curious or start to become curious about stuff, right? I know that that person she believes is her father and still will be her dad. Maybe not her biological dad, but I'm sure no matter what happens, that's always going to be her dad. But we know it's now her grandfather, right? It, was there? I'm wondering if in her mind there was ever anything weird going on. Like, this is a big secret for three people to keep from someone else who's a part of the family. And you said there's another sister involved. Is yes. that correct?
1: Yes. Which and is aunt, actually her aunt.
0: <laughs> which is now technically her aunt. Is it a stepsister then? Remind me. It would be works.
1: the sister was the child of the father, the actual Got father it. from the previous marriage. So it's
0: marriage. the stepbrother slash dad's actual sister. Correct. Biological full. Yes. Okay. So aunt. Yes. Fully biological aunt.
1: This couldn't have happened but in every she didn't family know setup.
0: That, no. And that's the thing is, and the sister didn't know either. So they kept it. So it's just the secret between the three of them. I mean, there's a lot of people that are going to be right pissed off for sure. This shit like that will destroy people for sure.
1: You know, I'm thinking about it. If she had taken a 23andMe, if I were the mom and dad, by the way, if there was a 23andMe kit that got delivered to the house, I'd be like, fuck no. Yeah. You get that out of here and burn it. But had she actually taken a test, it might come back and say, like 90% chance that your brother is your father. You could write that off. Like if you really wanted to try and pull the wool over the girl's eyes here, you could just say, "Oh well, of course they've got the same DNA. Uh, they're father and son. Uh, don't don't think anything about it." I could see how you could, in your head, write that off. No, I'd be onto it. Those are pretty
0: ac. Those are very accurate. The 23andMe's, the ancestries, all those things are very accurate.
1: I agree with you. I think they're great. They found
0: all my cousins and everything was correct, by the way. Like my third cousin was my third cousin. My second cousin was my second cousin. And it finds that shit
1: to a T. Isn't that remarkable? It's incredible. That you can go and they can learn all that about you. With a simple spit yep, in a tube. Yeah, it's incredible. Yet I go for blood work yesterday, <laughs> and there's a 50-50 chance that they may or may not even have the results by a week from Friday. <laughs>
0: not you to know? get off topic, but Scott was like, Scott came in today. I was like, how's the blood? I got a scar. Like, I do. I got
1: a fucking not, hole in my arm It's here. not
0: a scar, though. It'll go away. Everybody gets sometimes even a little bruising. It'll go away.
1: I am such a coward when it comes to needles. Cat, did I you look
0: away? Like, were you looking so up high on the ceiling? They thought you were gonna
1: fall down. Here's what I did. I found a DynaCare. A few people were messaging me saying, "Don't go to Life Labs. Go to DynaCare." So oh. I found one near my place in Burlington. Okay. So I went there and and I checked in and and everything was good. She took me into the back and she sat me down in this big chair with huge arms on it. Yeah. She started pulling or she started fiddling around with the needles. And I could see what she was doing, and I felt <gasps> nauseous. Yeah. And I said to her, hey, just so you know, I'm not really big on needles. And she said, oh, do you want to lay down? And I'm like, no, no, I don't need to lay down. I'm just warning you, I'm not very good with needles. So I'm going to try and man up best I can here. She's like, okay, no problem. Make a fist. And I'm like, oh, fuck, here we go. All right, I'll make a fist. She tied the thing around me, and mm-hmm. I said, how about like a small needle? Do you have like one that like a little smaller than that one? <laughs> And and she she obliged me a little bit. She went down one size. Did she? And then she's like slapping me. She's like, oh, God, you got lots of veins here. And I'm like, yeah, I know. You didn't really need to hit me. I can see them too. So <laughs> Why are you slapping me? Why <laughs> are you hitting my arm? <laughs> can you oh. stop? So anyway, she finds the vein she likes, and, and I put my sunglasses on, and I just look down. Okay. Okay. Surprisingly, it didn't hurt nearly as much as I thought it would. It doesn't would. hurt. Well, I wouldn't say it you're doesn't hurt. You're overreacting. It's not. It's I was not, overreacting. It doesn't hurt. I think it you're being hurt. a condescending bitch. <laughs> I <laughs>
0: you think you're being a fucking baby.
1: <laughs> anyway, I did get that done yesterday. and And... Good. It's done. I think everything is good. It's done.
0: Okay. You can put it in the past now.
1: By the way, I was getting a whole bunch of different things dealt with at the same time. And one of the things I had to go for was an x-ray. If you've ever seen me in person, you may notice that I have a slight limp and that's because I broke my ankle like 15 years ago and never got it fixed. So the doctor would encourage me to get it fixed. But in order to see the specialist who can fix it after this many years, I need an x-ray and an ultrasound. Same place that did the blood, same building. There was an x-ray clinic. Perfect. So I went in there and in and out with the x-ray, no problem. However, the ultrasound is going to take until sometime in September to book me in for an appointment. Shut the front door. Yeah. Wow. Apparently, they prioritize pregnant women and such. First. <laughs> so anyway, I don't know.
0: They don't care about your ankle.
1: Sue Johansson has passed away.
0: Yeah. I was sad to hear about that. I mean, I to be honest with you, I didn't realize how... Old she was at 93 passing away. But it, it's weird because I was just talking about her with somebody semi-recently, like about a month ago or so. Her name got brought up and I was like, yes, I remember that show. Now, I, I'm i probably too young to remember that she had a radio show, apparently. I didn't know that.
1: It was on Q107 and Talk 640. Was,
0: was it really? Yeah, See, same so company cool. as us. So, and by the way, speaking of same company as us, there was a documentary that aired in 2022, just last year. Of Sue Johansson on the W Network, also in our company. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. So I was watching a little bit of that, and I learned so much about her that I didn't know in watching the show. When I watched the show, by the way, it wasn't a regular thing for me. It's not like I was like, oh, I'm going to watch Sex with Sue or "I've Sex Talk. I don't remember which one was here because I know she had a couple of different shows. But I remember stumbling upon it. You know, when you're a teenager and you're flipping through the television and the early 2000s, I feel like it was. And I would stumble upon this and it caught your attention because here was this senior lady holding up a dildo
1: yeah. on television. or a
0: vibrator on television, mimicking movements and ta- and bringing up fake vaginas so she could show people where exactly on the fucking vulva to put this contraption. And it was one of these things where you're like, oh my gosh, but you couldn't stop watching and right. you because you realized... I'm getting an education here at the same time. And people would call into the show for those not familiar with it. I feel like a lot of people are, but I remember people would call into the show and they were into it, man. They were like, Hey Sue, it's me, Bob again. Oh, Oh, hi Bob. Yeah. So <laughs> I tried to jack myself off the other day and <laughs> I fell limp again, but I started doing the exercises. You told me, I just want to say thanks. Cause man, I came so fucking hard and she'd be like, wow, good for you. You know? And it was just to, to, her attempt at normalizing that talk that so many people are so uncomfortable with was fascinating. And, and the documentary that I mentioned, which I think you might be able to find online somewhere, it is our company, so maybe I can try to figure that out for you guys. But uh, in it, I learned so much about her. In the 70s, she opened a birth control clinic. And that, it, hearing that now, you're going, okay. But it, that was so controversial. In the 1970s, a lot of people assumed this would last no longer than six months, she ran that thing for two decades, helping people get educated. And she has a nurse background, for those who don't know. She yep. got trained in Winnipeg, then she moved to Toronto. And, and so she's absolutely highly educated in the, in the field and was highly educated in the field for many years passing this on. Doing this school, uh, school thing. And I feel like when I was in Conestoga College, she might have she stopped by, but I don't remember. Uh, but she went to so many school campuses to teach and educate about sex. She was really, she was a powerhouse.
1: Well, listen, I mean, even to this day, sex is still very taboo. You know, there's certain words we just don't say, certain things that we don't talk about with other people. And and that's for a lot of different reasons. And there certainly is a time and a place and certain people that should and shouldn't be privy to these conversations. But we ourselves should be comfortable enough to have those conversations with our partner. And she helped normalize that sort of thing. You know, there was nobody out there saying, oh, you should masturbate. Even hearing the word yeah. masturbation on the radio or on television was shocking because yeah. it had never really been done before. Yep. Did you actually learn anything from Sue Johansson?
0: I can't say I remember actually learning things. And I was quite young, to be honest with you, as I was flipping through the channel. So maybe in my mind, I thought I knew about sex, but I didn't. Like at that point, I was absolutely virgin status, 100%. Never seen a peen. You know what I mean? At the time I watched it, but I found it fascinating nonetheless. Even her talk about things like anal bead usage and things like this was shit that nobody talked about. No. And she would encourage people because she, again, it was about safe sex. She would encourage safe sex so someone would have a question about, oh, I feel like I want to stick something up my ass. Uh. She, that She out came her tickle trunk full of shit. Like, oh, have you seen these before? Go look for these and ask the person like she just again is the comfort level that people had with this woman. It was like I don't even want to say she was like a grandmother or a mother figure because you wouldn't usually talk to that shit with your mom. But she was like the cool the cool aunt kind of figure on television for a lot of people. You know what I mean? That would tell you everything, be completely honest with you, but also a safe environment for a lot of people.
1: She was also very honest. You know, I was watching a clip. I think it was on CBC last night. They were showing old highlights of Sue Johansson. And one of the clips they showed was her on the phone with a caller who's like, yeah, I'm thinking about having a threesome with two other women. And Sue asked, can you actually handle two fucking women? (laughs) Like, can you actually last? Could you actually satisfy two women? If not, then don't, you know, like, fuck. So I loved your realism, and one thing that I will say that I did learn from Sue was about condoms. Very much into safe sex, like you said, mm-hmm. and Sue was the one who came out and she did a demo on how to put on a condom, and, and I remember, until then, I'd never actually, condoms are self-explanatory, everyone understands that, of course, but I'd never heard anyone actually explain why you're supposed to pinch the tip before you put the condom on the penis, And the reason you're supposed to do that- Make sure there's no holes? Well, okay, make sure there's no holes.
0: (laughs) Is that why? I don't know. I don't know.
1: You don't want to rip it when you're stretching. But also, I mean, guys, you know, you're real turned on and you get yourself a real gusher if you haven't left yourself some space (laughs) at the end.
0: (laughs) A gusher. Oh,
1: God. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Well, fuck, you know what I'm talking about. Sometimes it's more than you thought it would be. that's a new one a gusher i'm not gonna look at the fruits little fruit snacks again you know the like, same way when you girls run to the bathroom like oh it doesn't all fit in my mouth <laughs> that's a gusher right <laughs> so anyway you got if you don't pinch the tip, you don't have enough reserve (laughs) at the end, and you could end up loosening it. There could be too much semen around it, and some of it leaks out. There's a whole bunch of reasons that you're supposed to pinch the tip and leave that little reservoir at the end. So it's very important that you do that, but nobody actually explained that to me until Sue Johansson did on television. There you
0: go. And maybe maybe you've passed that knowledge down to someone listening right now.
1: Ah, shit, guys. If you're not pinching the tip (laughs) before you put it on, like, you don't just fucking (laughs) set it on the tip of your dick and unroll it. That's not how this works. I mean, shit, you've got to leave a little bit of room here and if you're not doing that you're really oh, playing God. russian roulette with your penis right at this point yeah so anyway rest in peace sue johansson yeah. i think everyone would agree great she did do a real service uh whether you agree with her or not and agree with it being broadcast or not she did help a lot of people mm-hmm. so she deserves all the praise she gets cat trans influencer dylan mulvaney has now finally addressed the controversy of the March partnership with oh. Bud Light that saw the boycott spread across the country. Now in recent months Mulvaney has appeared on various podcasts but has only addressed the situation in broad terms. But a brand new TikTok uploaded yesterday has Mulvaney talking about the controversy, explaining that since the partnership caused a stink, she doesn't want to leave the house. She's being ridiculed in public oh. and being followed around. Yeah. For a here's the quote. For a company to hire a trans person and then not publicly stand by them is worse, in my opinion, than not hiring a trans person at all, because it gives customers permission to be as transphobic and hateful as they want. Noting that the LGBTQ community members are customers of the beer brand like Bud Light, Mulvaney said, to turn a blind eye to the situation is not an option now. You might say, but Dylan, I don't want to get in, get political. Babe, supporting trans people, it shouldn't be political. There should be nothing controversial or divisive about working with us. Mm. Right. Um, Okay. I agree. Bud Light did kind of hang Dylan Mulvaney out to dry. Oh, because you know how this, this is
0: how it works. I'll tell you how it works. Is the company approaches you as someone who is potentially an influencer or has a lot of followers. It's up to you, of course, to decide whether or not you want to work with that company. But Bud Light's team, whether they were newbies or doesn't even matter whether they've been doing what they're doing for years, approached Dylan to do this. So I don't like that they're trying to backpedal on that choice. Now, somebody may be, whether you think they fucked up or not in doing that, I don't think that matters in the case that it's not Dylan's fault. You know what I mean? They just heard that, hey, X amount of money. You post about it, or whatever the deal was. You're going to get—we all know how it works. Probably, you, you get money, uh, potentially also product, depending on what it is. And you have to post this many things, and fine. You don't think from that side that you're going to get backlash, and it's now affecting Dylan Mulvaney because nobody probably wants to touch anything, right? Nobody wants to approach, just in case there's someone's backfiring. Mm-hmm. And then now the community's upset, and it's not necessarily your fault,
1: right? Right. Sure. Absolutely. Hey, Bud took a stand. They wanted Mulvaney in their ads. They, or they wanted Mulvaney out there influencing to try and buy their brand. And and there was a business deal. I don't blame Mulvaney. Uh, Bud took a chance and it just backfired on them. It could just be a victim of wrong timing too. There's any number of reasons that that could have happened, but either way, when shit hit the fan... I didn't see Bud Light coming out saying, hey, listen, here's the deal. Mm-hmm. We we have a a trans population that drinks Bud Light. And to appeal to that particular segment of our audience, we have got Dylan Mulvaney here to reach out to them in the same way that if we want to reach out to greasy skidhead rockers, we might get kid uh, kid rock. If yeah. we want to reach the I don't know, the younger kids, we might hire Kat Callahan because she's that voice on TikTok, that sort of thing. There are different people to promote to different segments of the consumer. However, Bud Light did not stand up like that. They basically, well, they basically just chased their own tail in circles for a long time. And I don't know if we're any further ahead. Their popularity continues to decline and it will until they get ahead of it. I don't know if anything can save Bud Light at this point, short of a complete rebrand.
0: That's a great point. I'm not sure either. I, I continue to see it on the shelves. A lot of it on the shelves. Not a lot of people buying it.
1: It's interesting that Dylan pointed out how political it is, and, and it is to a certain extent, but I, Bud Light's going to kind of be the face of this, this controversy yeah. when it comes to politicism, but it's been getting political for a very long time, and, and I don't think that the problem is the LG or the B. I think it's the T, that people are, this is what I hear from the people who text us and, and that I have conversations with. They say they just don't like the trans stuff being in schools, and right or wrong, That's just the way they feel. Mm. These are parents that also don't like that a kid could be transitioning at school or have a completely alternate persona at school, may even be called by different names and pronouns. This is completely out of left field for the parents if they ever find out because the schools are keeping that information from parents. And parents are just saying, hey, I want to raise my kid. Stay out of it, school. So I, uh, I see it both ways. Political, it certainly has gotten, but a part of the politicism there is on our leaders. They're the ones who should have taken some responsibility here. And, and I do feel bad. I really do. Hey, if somebody hired me to do an ad and people didn't like the ad and they started shitting all over the company, I'd like to think they would just shit all over the company. It really has nothing to do with yeah, me. Yeah, they chose. They
0: chose, Dylan. Don't get it twisted. And they should stand by that. Or if they want to admit that that was wrong, I think that, that pff, I don't know if you want to go that way. But you, you're the one that reached out. They didn't. Dylan Mulvaney didn't force you to make them someone who would endorse your product. You know? Yeah, it's not how it works.
1: I, uh, I see this from all sides here, everybody. I really do. I, as far as Dylan's concerned, his, her, uh, they. I, I don't even know. I'm not sure is either the pronoun. I, I don't know. I don't know either. In any case, Dylan's opportunity to earn revenue right now is severely diminished. Bud should probably step in and and top that up because they kind of owe it to Dylan who got dragged down for not doing anything wrong. They did a business deal like any of us would have done. Any single person, if Bud Light came to you and said, you know what? You got the right look and the right attitude. We want you to be in a Bud Light commercial and we're going to pay you a shit ton of money to do it. Nobody's going to say no to that. No regular person would say no to that.
0: Unless they have a strong stance against beer, you know what I mean, in general.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I I hear you. It's kind of a messy, long weekend. A lot of things are going to be closed tomorrow. It's a weird one. Here we go. Get ready, friends. Tomorrow's a good day to do some people watching. Here's what you do. Okay. Around 11 a.m., you grab yourself a lawn chair. You can even sit in the car. (laughs) And go sit outside an LCBO location and watch the people who are probably getting their, well, they don't really have a reliable source of information. So they're going to go expecting the LCBO to be open, and then they're going to be like, Hello, are you are you closed? What do you mean you closed? Yeah. Saturday. Fuck off. Open. Just go and see those people who don't pay attention.
0: Grocery stores even.
1: Oh, they'll be closed tomorrow. It's a weird
0: yeah. one, right? It's a weird one when a grocery store is closed on a Saturday, but it's a holiday. So keep in mind anything that's usually closed on a holiday is closed. You're going to get restaurants opening. You know, that's great. Oh, yeah. Fine, whatever. But most things are going to be closed. It is a weird concept, though, for you to put in your mind, because usually for me, too, it's Saturday. I know I have my Saturday to go shop and do things. Get that out of your head. If you're listening to this on the Friday and you need shit, get it.
1: (laughs) Again, this minister of common sense that I've proposed would be the one to say, even though the first is on a Saturday, the Monday is the designated stat. So we're going to do everything on the Monday, including fireworks or this or that. Or just leave it there.
0: Yeah, whatever. It's fine. I know. We can't, we can't fight that. We're not going to solve that problem. Quick, quick list of attractions open on Saturday and Monday. Can I do this? Yeah. Wonderland, including their Splash Works. Casa Loma, CN Tower, Hockey Hall of Fame. Uh, you can go to Ontario Place if you want. Trillium Park. If you want to. Ontario Science Center, Ripley's Aquarium. The ROM is going to be open.
1: African Lion Safari. Art
0: Gallery of Ontario. African Lion Safari. Toronto Zoo. Can you think of anything else? Attraction, like thing, and restaurant. As I mentioned, restaurants. Go support the restaurants if that's what you want to do.
1: Movie theaters are open. Movie Rip- theaters. Ripley's is open. Yep. Rogers Center is open. Jays are playing tomorrow. Is Blue Jays straw hat uh, day?
0: It's not so cool. My brother's going to that game.
1: Ah, uh, it's the good looking hat too. It's freaking cool. Kind of wish somebody would grab me one.
0: I can. Uh, I can see what I can do.
1: Finally, last thing we want to do here is uh, what a colossal fucking disaster that has been created in Ottawa. We knew that Meta was going to pull the news links off of Facebook and Instagram. Ah, all right, fine. That's going to hurt the publishers. When I say publishers, I mean legacy media. I mean companies like CTV, CBC, Toronto Sun, National Post, Toronto Star. We all know them. Those news sources that share their links on the social media platforms. Bill C-18 that the government rammed through, this was going to be so that the government could stop paying off the media, stop subsidizing them, and make the social media companies do it. And they're trying to get the public on their side by saying, well, fucking Meta and Google, they make billions of dollars a year. They make billion do- billions of dollars a year, not necessarily billions of dollars in Canada, first and foremost. These companies are also into a lot of different things, and these companies are also, and hear me out here, The vehicle that makes revenue for the legacy media, for the publishers. When people are scanning through Facebook and they see a real catchy headline, click here to read the story, that click earns money for whoever that publisher was, like uh, a global or the national post or whomever. They get those clicks back to their website. The websites are monetized, meaning they have ads in there. You've all seen the pop-ups and shit. They make money off of that, and I can tell you, some of them make pretty good money just off of that. So it was a pretty good arrangement, but the government decided, fuck it, we really want them to pay. So they tried to force Google and and Meta to do it, and they said, no, it's actually, they would actually rather not have these news links at all, as opposed to pay to subsidize legacy media. And yeah, I'm saying that as someone who works for a legacy media company.
0: It's such a dangerous thing. Because at least we had Google. I mean, I'm with you. When, when Meta decided, like, oh, hey, who cares? Big fucking who deal. Cares, I don't care right? if I don't see
1: a news link We've, on Facebook. And we
0: felt bad for the companies. And we mentioned that when we talked about it in the podcast. But this is a way bigger deal. Huge A deal. lot of people Google stuff. Oh, and you want to Google the correct sources. Are we able to see the American stories?
1: so not only will we see American news, we will see American coverage of Canadian stories.
0: That'll be interesting, right? So
1: if you hear, oh goodness, the the Rogers Center fell down, the roof caved in. If you Google it, you won't see a story from CBC or Global or the Toronto Sun or whomever, but you might get a story from the New York Post, The Wall Street Journal, the LA Times. Could even Mm -hmm. be the the BBC in the UK. They're not blocking news. They're blocking Canadian news content, uh, Canadian news providers. And the reason they're doing that is because the government, in a mob-style shakedown, said, you're going to fucking pay and that's all there is to it. We're going to legislate it so you have to. I don't, even though everybody, including liberal senators, warned Pablo Rodriguez, the minister in charge of Bill C-18, they all warned him in committee. There's a good chance that if you try and make these guys pay for something that's free now, they're just going to walk. And then what are you going to do? Well, Pablo Rodriguez still insists, I'm shocked I didn't see this coming. Really? That's bullshit. Because literally yeah. everyone, including liberals, warned him this
0: would happen. Just to confirm, if Americans Google things about Canada, can they see Canadian sites? Yep. But just we can't. How fucking crazy is that? It's
1: totally crazy. Come on.
0: Is there any chance go, this will go This won't go through? Is there any chance that this won't
1: happen. Well, here's what I'm here to tell you. There's some people who like the current federal government and they'll defend the federal government and they're coming out with perfectly unreasonable arguments like, oh, Google doesn't want to pay their fair share. What's their fair share? How much of their money should they have to give up to subsidize some fucking small town newspaper in Chatham? How much of their money should they have to give up? And this, by the way, let's agree on something. A link to a story is not content. It's not. The content is in the article, which is hosted on the provider's website. It has nothing to do with Facebook or Instagram or Google. Nothing to do with it. In fact, these sites, these platforms are creating a service free of charge for the sun and the post and the star and global and CTV. That's how they've been exposing themselves and making revenue until now. You know who posts most of the links? The publishers themselves. Mm -hmm. So you're saying that Google would have to pay CTV for all the links on Facebook when it was CTV that posted most of the links there in the first place. Yeah. If I were CTV, I'd I'd have bots posting links nonstop. It's a lot easier than trying to create clever headlines. And let's also face it. There's a lot of people who have lost complete trust in the legacy media. They know what happened over the last couple of years. They saw lies that the media insisted was true, and it turned out to not be true, and they just towed the government line on everything rather than do their job and challenge what was put in front of them, like regular people ended up having to do. So they have no sympathy for legacy media, and these people that are trying to force Google and Facebook to pay the publishers... For links back to their own content that they monetize. This whole thing is so asinine and crazy. The government's best play here. Yeah, that was a bad idea. We'll continue to work with the legacy media and the social media platforms to try and find a compromise that works for both. But in the meantime, we're withdrawing C-18.
0: Take it away. Is there a good chance? Is there a bad chance?
1: Well, I mean... If the conservatives, for example, were elected tomorrow and they decided they wanted to repeal it, they could. Can the government repeal a bill that they created and rammed through they sent for royal assent? I don't know. C18 isn't even a thing at the moment because it leaves gray so many different things. It's like they left fill in the blank here because it was still to be negotiated. And there's some who are saying Meta and Google should have at least gone through the negotiation process. And if they didn't like the process, then they pull out. Why? The whole concept is crazy. You want us to continue sending you traffic, and then you want us to pay you for the privilege of sending you the traffic? Get the hell out of here. I would say no to that, too. It's not common sense. It's not good business sense. I don't know how they would go back to their shareholders in America and say, yeah, guys, we just took a billion-dollar hit in Canada because we had to split up our money between this publisher, that publisher, and that TV station. It doesn't make any sense. And you know what? It doesn't even create that great of content. It's great that you can Google a news story. I do go to Google to Google things because I've heard them and I'm not sure if it's a reliable source. So I like Google to point me to reliable sources to verify if that's true. And that's not going to happen. That's going to create a void in the coverage where you won't even know what's true and what's not true. Scary thought. This has backfired completely and damn it, they got to fix that. Okay, we gotta go everybody. Have a great long weekend. We are off until Tuesday. We will have four new episodes next week. And, uh, is there anything else we gotta do? It's Mike Tyson's Uh... birthday, but Dave's not here.
0: Isn't that weird? Okay, so let's just say that we'd like to stop down and apologize to anyone who was offended with anything in this episode. Dave does it best, so I won't go into more detail there. But we would like to wish Mike Tyson a really happy birthday. I really hope he has the best one yet.
1: Just because it's a good idea to do.
0: Just because it's a good idea to wish him a happy birthday.
1: Happy birthday, Mike Tyson. Full stop. (laughs) (laughs) Have a great one, everybody. Bye.